Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. I will always be here unless I'm not. All right, then. Well, mm. guess who's not here? Joey D. I guess. Yeah. Uh, last check, still drunk. Yeah, I think. Vegas. Yeah, I think he's at the poker table playing uh, different kind of games. Oh, yeah. On today's show, we will talk with Scott at Comics Dungeon and get some comic book recommendations. I will talk to a band that is putting out a comic book. Actually, it may be out right now. Go check Amazon. And also, you will be getting the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Yeah! It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more! more. I got a problem. I'm on Amazon, but what? I'm not sure what to look for. You told me to check it. There's a lot of stuff on Amazon. You're going to have to wait. Wow. Okay, I'll buy <laughs> actually, this game then. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to make you wait because really? I've got our guests on the line right now. The band Skillet has a new album out, Victorious, which they're currently on tour with Seven Dust promoting, and they probably have one of the coolest pieces of merch you could pick up at the show, their own graphic novel. Please welcome John from Skillet. John, how's it going, man? It's going great. I'm glad to be talking with you. Now, you got to tell me about this because one of the coolest things out there is when a, a person who is rocking with their band and doing this for as long as you have been doing, uh, you're able to put out something that is a different artistic in, a, adventure, but at the same point still yeah. really kind of encompasses what you do. Tell us about Eden. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm glad that you that, that you that you get it. <laughs> Some people are like, so why are you doing a graphic novel? And what is a graphic novel? You know, and I always tell people it's basically like a long comic book, just into yeah. there. You know, I love comics. Always loved them since I was a kid. And anybody that has followed me on social media for more than three or four weeks will will see me post about comics usually. <laughs> and um, you know, I just always love them, and, and they're such a great escape, you know? And uh, I was so thrilled because I, I always kind of had this dream that we would do a Skillet comic book at some point because of the way the band's music sounds. And, you know, we're all kind of like, you know, little characters. We all have our, like, individual identity of the band, you know? Oh, and, yeah. But, yeah, but there's nothing stupider than a stupid comic book. <laughs> there's nothing more embarrassing than a bad one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it kind of made sense because when I was growing up, I was introduced to Kiss by a friend that had a Kiss comic book and uh, yeah. a, the, the big doll. You know, the, remember the, the big, you know, huge Kiss dolls? Uh-huh. Uh, not the six-inch ones, the big ones. And uh, that was in the late 70s. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's like superheroes, but bands, but science fiction. And, um, and, and of course, subsequently, uh just awesome. Alice Cooper's done that. It's just cool bands. And, totally, yeah. Uh, so I was excited when we had the opportunity and uh, just thought, it, like in an alternate universe, I imagined myself writing science fiction novels, you know, short stories. And 
I had a bunch of ideas and I, and I said, man, can I meet with some writers and I'll tell them my ideas and, and see if we find some good ones. So man, getting to meet with writers and throw around concepts and, and artists, it was really, really a fun piece. And it's really cool, too. It's kind of funny because uh, listening to Victorious, which is out now, and people can pick it up. I was thinking maybe more along the lines, this would be kind of almost like a cyberpunk thing. But this is more along the lines of like post-apocalyptic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it definitely is post-apocalyptic. It would be, yeah, I tell people it's somewhere like Hunger Games meets Walking Dead. Or nice. Influences with like, uh, uh, I don't know, Dune or, or uh, Blade Runner, you know, things like that. Um, it has that science fiction feel, which kind of goes with our music because you know, Skillet always has a lot of theater to the to the music, and there's always like that. Uh, some people call it supernatural or spiritual, whatever mm-hmm. they want to call it about Skillet's music that feels kind of like inspirational and spiritual. Um, uh, well, well, which is intended, by the way. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm a religious, most people know. But I, I like that feeling of like talking about the spiritual things of life and. Um, and and that is very much present in the comic book. It's not a religious book, but like like most great science fiction, in my opinion, it has it tinges on that like religious, uh, which to me most most all science fiction does, whether it's The Matrix or whether it's Dune <laughs> or whether it's Blade Runner. I mean, all those things have a spiritual kind of feel to it. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the keynotes that even looking at something like Star Trek, it's like you deal with a lot of the, the, the science sides of things. But at that same point, you do have to deal with the spirituality. And even if, if it's going to a strange new world and learning about those people, one of those ways is through their spirituality. Yeah, I always thought that was you know, really clever in Star Trek, like the idea of not ruining their... Uh you know, they're, I don't know, civilization, or people mm-hmm. might treat them like gods if they show up on these huge aircrafts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like yeah, that prime directive. Going like, yeah, I, could, I can spend an entire day watching ancient aliens on TV. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a little geeky, but I'm like, oh, no, it's just really, you know, it's really great. <laughs> I love the fact that you got into the comic books with, the, with Kiss and stuff like that. Were you more uh, a musician geek, or were you more of a comic book geek when you were growing up? Honestly, both. I I, I wouldn't be able – I mean, music was always more important than comics to me, but Mm -hmm. ever since I was a kid, there was never a time when I wasn't wearing Spider-Man or Batman (laughs) T-shirts. And and, uh, and that's a brag, but people also have to remember, I was doing it when it wasn't cool. Oh, gosh, yeah. In the mid-'80s. What, walking around with a Spider-Man shirt didn't necessarily earn you dates. Okay, <laughs> you had to like it. Kind of cost you something to admit you like comics. And I was like, man, how can somebody not like Star Wars and not like Spider-Man? It's just such a great escape, and it's good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I always just liked it for those reasons. And right now, it's uh, as of right now, you can get Eden, a Skillet graphic novel, out there right now. And I know people can find it at Skillet.com or at Skillet Music on Twitter. It's got to be fun to be able to see yourself in an animated form. And it's not only you, but it's the entire band. Yeah, I think that was kind of that was kind of the twist was how do we get the whole band in the story without being cheesy? You know, we're not a we're not a band in the story. <laughs> is there a way that we can, you know, meet each other and, and have a little bit of what feels like Skillet actually be represented in the book, which was a little tricky to do. But, but honestly, the writers, I have to give them the credit for it. They really manipulated it in a, in a way 
that to me, reading the book just kind of reminds me of the band. It has that same kind of feeling, a lot of action. Um, and, and, but a lot of like emotion to it that, that, uh, I was kind of quite glad about it because our music is very emotional. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how are they going to make it work like that? So I just gave them the themes and the, the original concept and maybe how it could kind of end. And then they, they really filled in the details in a really brilliant way. That is that is really, really cool. And it's got, I mean, just like at that point, if you're just throwing out the ideas to them and they're able to take that and run with the ball, it's got to be super fulfilling for you at that point as well. It is because... Uh, because it's very much, uh, it's not like somebody's writing a story and then me putting my logo on it, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that'd be cool too, I guess. But <laughs> what, what's really cool about it is I'm, because I, there's so much ownership of it, you know? Uh, because I'm like, yeah, that's what I would want to say to the world. And then and the story is basically, it was post-apocalyptic, a little bit of a, a deconstructed, you know, future where, where the earth is dying. And, people begin to have these dreams of a, a door, a purple door that leads you into paradise and it gets you out of th- this world that is just collapsing upon itself and violence and hate. And, th- and a little bit like the walking dead in the sense that no one trusts each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it, you know, when you're watching the walking dead, you're like, gosh, you, know, you thought the zombies were the bad ones, but really they're nothing compared to Negan, you know? Oh, it's exactly. Like feeling, right. I love it. And, and so, it's it's uh it's kind of calling people to a, a a better a better outlook on on people and what how we can help each other, but there's a lot of action and and what I would call ethical questions about okay when we do find this door who gets to go through you know is yeah. it powerful they get to go through is it you know is it everybody is it an elitist thing and so it's got a lot of cool stuff like that. It's really neat to be able to explore those things, especially with uh, incorporating visuals alongside with it, because with your music, you can do one thing. But with uh, with the writing and the artistry of a graphic novel, you can take what uh, what you want to say to a totally different place. Yeah, I think so. You know, and and that was a really fun thing was meeting with artists because. uh, I mean, there's a bunch of great artists out there, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And you learn it even more when, when they go, okay, what artist do you want to use? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> there's so and many. So they send you, well, yeah, there's like a thousand, you know, and then they send you like, uh, you know, uh, like links to look up. And you get to go and you get to like go, all right, here's six different comic artists and looking at their work and which one of those, which one of those artists represents me the most, you know? And because with art, I mean, I know we're getting into crazy geekdom here. People might be like, why are you talking about this? But it's true. The way that you draw someone can can express an emotion without any words. And yeah, so the yeah. look of the book can't be – if it's a serious book, then it can't have, like, really quirky art unless the art is meant to be hyper quirky in order to express something that is surreal. So there's like all of those kinds of things we had to think about and trying to find the right artist. It was just really fun, honestly. And I remember writing it back and he, he sent he sent his first sketch of me and he said, Is this let have a good look to you? And I said, Yeah, everything but the arms. The arms need to be bigger. <laughs> of course, man. That's what you gotta do. You gotta look like a badass. 
Yeah, I'm in a comic book. What are, they, what are these biceps? That doesn't, that's not right. I love it. I love it. And it's called Eden. People can get it out now. I'm really excited for this. I'm, I think I'm probably going to get the deluxe version. I think it's really cool, man. Uh, now, before we let you go, I've got one question for you, and I know I'm going to spring it on you. It might be a tough one, but throughout all comics, and we're not only talking Marvel or DC or any of those other ones, oh, but now... The Dark Knight Returns. Really? Nice. Well, with your question, I'm assuming you're going to ask me what my favorite is. I was absolutely was going to. Now, now, why why is it the Dark Knight Returns? Oh, the graphic novel. It just kind of changed things for me. Now, in saying this, uh, Batman is not my number one favorite. Batman is my favorite, mm-hmm. and, and and Batman is a toss up to me. Like, do I like Batman as much as Spider Man? Not quite. <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns for me kind of changed the game yes. because it was quite dark and i never considered um a superhero getting old i mean just never thought about it and it it was like oh yeah that's right he's not superman um he's not gonna you know live forever kind of a thing and uh the idea of it was just it was just uh, so different i don't know and, and grim but it wasn't overly grim it just was like a really great just a great concept. And, and I, even the artwork, it's not even that it's my favorite artwork. It's just really unique. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden had this picture of Batman, like not, not really, uh, not really walking around in tights. They more like I had a Batman of like, gosh, you'd never want to fight that guy. It just, yeah. he, he has like old man strength. <laughs> and it's one of those it's you know one of I mean? those it's one of those things too. I mean like with uh, Frank Miller who wrote that also with him and his art they just they work perfectly together. Oh yeah, it was something because also like year 1 which was written later by Frank Miller mm-hmm. um he, but he did not do the artwork and I love the artwork of year 1. In fact, having just seen it and not reading both, I might actually prefer the artwork of year 1. But there's something so iconic and, and grim mm-hmm. and twisted looking about Frank Miller's depictions on Dark Knight Returns. It just gave me, it just gave me like a new insight to the whole thing. And the way that he didn't like Superman and thought Superman was a sellout, <laughs> um, I just thought was really beautiful. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. I know it's one of those things everyone thinks it's like, oh, I want to be the Boy Scout. I want to be, you know, Superman and stuff like that. You're like, man, do you really? Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> John, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I, dude, I love it. I love the fact that you're a geek. I love the fact that you're okay with being a geek, especially back in the day. But now, I mean, come on, we're in the prime of our lives at this point with geekdom. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like pe- pe- people are celebrating it, you know, and, and that's cool. And, 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 you know, I wouldn't mind saying one more thing if you don't mind. Oh, sure, um, sure. Yeah, you, you had mentioned something about the deluxe version. I just want to tell a few people about some things they are going to get with the book yeah. that wasn't announced at first because I think it's kind of cool. Number one, um, me and also my drummer, uh, Jen, we both made pinup posters for Eden that are they're gonna, they're in all of the books. So every book that's printed will have at the very end, it's almost like a piece of art that I drew for Eden that, that in my mind kind of represents it that's very different from the rest of the book. In fact, I just posted uh, the picture that I drew on my Instagram page, if anybody wants to see that. Um, Jen also drew one, so it's kind of just a cool, if you're cool. a fan, if you kind of think it'd be cool to have a piece of art by me about 
my depiction of what Eden is like, and the same with Jen. And then another thing we did that we didn't announce at first was that we decided to um, write and record a song exclusively for the book. Wow. So everybody that buys the book, and the, front, uh, the very first page of the book has a UPC code that you scan in and you get the free download of the song. It's not available anywhere else. And the song is called Dreaming of Eden. So it was written specifically for it, and it kind of, to me, kind of ties in the themes of the book into rock and roll form, which I kind of think is cool. So you can get the book now, skillet.com or even Amazon, and, uh, and then in about five days, it'll be available everywhere, hopefully, uh, Barnes wow. & Noble and Books A Million and all that. That is awesome. That's super cool. And that's one of those things that you can listen to that, you can get a feel for what you're about to get into, and then you get ready for the, uh, the amazing trip. Yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. I love it. John from Skillet, thank you so much. Again, Eden, it's out. You can get it, and make sure you pick it up because there's so much more with it. Dude, John, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I loved it. Thank you, brother. I'm really happy with the fact that bands are putting out comic books, graphic novels. And See, now I can find it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, go check it out. It's called Eden. Skillet is the band, and uh, I'm actually pretty stoked for this. Yeah. I love any sort of thing that's going along the lines of just just comic books and, and I, uh, bands I, doing it. I was obsessed with Skillet in high school, so really? this is pretty really? awesome. Yeah, yeah they've very... been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. Like, I <laughs> probably shouldn't say this, but back in the uh, pirating days, because I had oh! no money as what a are you doing? 15-year-old, I had everything. <laughs> I would have paid if yeah, I had the money you probably shouldn't say it. So now you have to go give charity monies. I yep, that's sh- true. That's true. Uh, here's an interesting little tidbit of information yes. that I wanted to share. Uh, do you remember that show that uh, Lauren Cohen left uh, The Walking Dead for? Whiskey, whiskey Tango? Whiskey Tango, Whiskey, whiskey Sour. Whiskey, uh, yeah. Was it a yeah. show? Whiskey yeah. Essence. Whiskey Neat. I, I know um, that Tina Fey was in like a movie called Whiskey, was it yeah. Foxtrot Tango? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, not it, though. That is no. not it. Well, uh, that show didn't last. That's no, why I don't remember the name of it. Nope. And uh, it looks like, well, The Walking Dead Season 10 preview teases Maggie's return. She never gonna died, get paid. Right? No, huh? she never did. She no. never died. And that was the one thing is that she left. It was it was like season, what was it? Season, uh, it was a half of season nine. Yes, it was. Because it was yeah. the same time. Because it was the, a flash forward. Yeah. And so they were just like, well, we don't know where Maggie is. Exactly. And now we've got... Maybe she's coming back because she left with her baby Herschel to live with the mysterious character named Georgie, who basically brought all the technology, the books, and all that stuff to make oh, sure that. Oh, so so that's where they said she went. Yes, I did not catch that. So yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up. So that's because yeah, we were introduced to them in the ne- you know before Negan basically uh, had the finale where they yeah. caught him and beat him and all that. Oh, so, so that's where she is. Yep, actor Lauren Cohen has previously expressed interest in returning to The Walking Dead to reprise her role. Also. She expressed interest in making some money. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I, I mean, I'm still way behind on Supernatural, but uh, I'm like season five, and let's just say things didn't go too well for her. <laughs> I, I oh, she was on Supernatural. That. She was a recurring character for oh. a while. I mean, she might come back. I don't know. But last I saw, the Hell Dogs got her. Oh, I didn't wow. know that. Yep, uh, she was British. Her. Uh, 
the her shared interest or her interest in coming back was shared with Angela Kang, who is the new showrunner showrunner for The Walking Dead. We have another new. Oh, she the, was the same one as last the last year. season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Angela's done. Yeah, I love the last season that Angela did. So good for her. Yep. So it looks like we may be getting Maggie back. All right. So I mean, that's cool. I think Maggie's character is awesome. I mean, I was happy that Lauren took a shot because you never mm-hmm. know. You know, I mean, uh, you know, you, uh, Nathan Fillion had such a great run on ABC doing non sci fi shows for the longest time. Totally. So, uh, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see Maggie back. That's good news. I'm hoping. We'll have to see. Well, I I, I, <laughs> I, I want to see Maggie. I want to have that story resolved in some way, shape, or form, even if it's only for a short time. She comes back because we're gonna yeah. we're gonna lose we're gonna lose Michonne. Yeah, we're gonna lose Michonne, and then we've got Negan taking a more I don't want to say like heroic role, but not villain role. He's the Anti-hero. only guy. He's the only guy I care about. I have to say, there's. I mean, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm not digging that many of the other characters. Uh, Gabriel, I kind of like. Yeah. Um, but there's too many people that I love. And of course, Daryl. I mean, obviously, I care about Daryl. But Daryl is always the. You know, it'll be Darryl interesting to see Darryl. how he evolves. <laughs> as far as you know, they they've been great, mm-hmm. but they're the quiet loner. And I don't relate to them. I yeah. relate more to the, you know, the loud to, one. well, it, to the to the lecture makers, which of course, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, the monologuers. Yeah. So Rick was always the monologuers. And <laughs> Negan, I get yeah, to yeah. Negan. So I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm I'm on board. Well, since it's comic book day, and as with every Wednesday, I know we just did talk to Skillet about the old comic books, but we still need our comic book recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. Scott from Comics Dungeon joins us, and you can get more information about, well, comic books at comicsdungeon.com, and on all social media, you can send them questions to get your own specifically tailored comic book recommendations, or just go to the physical location. You can find all of that at comicsdungeon.com. Scott, you got some comic re- recommendations for us this week? I do. I have a couple uh, books that, uh, when we work with educators, um, these are among some of the more popular ones, particularly oh. for elementary and middle school. So, but I'll tell you, uh, as an adult, uh, you're going to enjoy them as well. <laughs> well, that's so, good, <laughs> and and we may and we may actually learn something as well. I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's let's start with Dogman. Dogman is uh, just has a new new volume out. It's called. Dogman for whom the ball rolls. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> the, 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 the puns in this book are just hilarious. And the um, Dogman is actually the top selling graphic novel in the world. And what? it's probably one that no one above 12 really knows. Wow. <laughs> it, it literally has five of the top 10 positions in the all ages graphic novels on Amazon right now. So, um, now is it check it out? Is it because it's a more educational one, so it's a uh, highly sought after around the world sort of thing? Well, no, I think it's because it's very entertaining for for all ages. Nice. It's it's it's, 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 it's it has a little bit of a moral to it, and all the, this one in particular, uh, the sidekick uh, of Dogman, who is a cat kid. Um, <laughs> Uh, his dad is is a criminal, and he was getting out of jail. So there was actually some of that. Hey, I want you to come back and live with me. And he's like, No, I want to live with Dog Man. And um, so you get a little bit of that relationship stuff okay. in it. But overall, you just get some hilarious, silly comedy. 
Uh, Dave Pilkey, who wrote this book, also created Captain Underpants. Okay, yep, yep. I re- see. I've definitely heard of Captain Underpants. <laughs> so this <laughs> absolutely, is, this is pretty amazing. Apparently, he created Captain Underpants when he was in the second grade. Wow. So even if like somebody out there, uh, they were uh, drudging through their old, uh, you know, their grade school stuff and they're like, hey, I remember making this character. You could maybe use that in your, uh, you know, your professional life. Exactly. (laughs) Why not? You know, maybe I peaked at second grade. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Now, now moving on from that, let's go from dogs and let's go to cats because come on, man, I'm a cat guy. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So I, I, I chose this one specifically for you, Rev. This Thank is a, a science book. Uh, it is um, uh, published by First and Second Press, and they do a bunch of these science books. There's dogs, there's cats, volcanoes, automobiles, robots, you name it. But this one, uh, I'm a cat. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dog-owning cat person. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, uh, so this, one, this one's awesome because what – the book does is it gives you all of this science around cats about how they evolved, how they were domesticated, oh. how the different breeds came about, uh, what makes them different than a dog, and you know gets into a lot of the biology. And it's done while someone is interviewing a cat. Uh, so, 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 so some, wait, 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 some producer wait. somewhere. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just wondering I'm like so really they were actually able to get anything out of a cat cuz come on like a cat I know for a fact has 32 muscles in its ears made for ignoring a human so <laughs> having a conversation yeah, with it, one is a little bit uh far fetched there sir Yeah it, and, <laughs> and 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 actually they do play up on that uh, the very last page you actually see the producer uh uh interviewing the, the cat and the, and the cat you're just hearing meow 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 and he's like whose bright idea was it to interview a cat but uh but the cat thought it was telling us this great story of of how, how it became who it was i love it 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 i mean cats and dogs and the fact that they can have some fun entertaining stories and learn something or have a moral to them those are fantastic uh Absolutely. scott Thank you so much, man. Again, Scott at Comics Dungeon, C4C3.org for the charitable side of it. And if you want more recommendations, ComicsDungeon.com. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Rob. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicki B. All right, Vicki, what do you got for us? I actually got a couple of stories, but I need to read you some memes of course, before of course. we get into these stories. <laughs> Meme queen. This is Nick Fury talking to Peter Parker. Uh-oh. Nick Fury, a tired bitch, trying his best, TM, to train Spider-Man. Okay, let's try this one last time. Collapsing building. Simultaneous villains attack. Multiverse dangers. What do you do, Peter? Call the event. You are the Avengers! <laughs> well, I mean, like uh, we yeah. talked about on last Friday, maybe not so much anymore. Yeah. I'm still holding out hope, holding out hope. I know you're hoping. Hey, well, they say I, the rumors are they're still negotiating. Of course right. they are. Because, because obviously. Money, 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 money. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no way Sony doesn't want some of the money. It's yep. just a matter of, you it's know. It's just like, uh, I don't blame them. They, yeah. like, they basically put so, up all the money. Sony wants all the monies. Well, like, they, and, and, they put up the cost to make all the Spider-Man yeah. movies. And so... Like they just basically let Marvel borrow them, and they're they, like, uh, "Now we're like, we want fifty percent." But we know how many people repeat saw the uh, the Andrew Garfield Spider Man's. No, I didn't. 
No, yeah. no, no, I didn't at so, all. Yeah, so there's, huh. a, there's a lot of money that point. can be made, and we know the MCU. And, and also the backlash over Sony, if it is crap at all, if they do it without the MCU, <laughs> everyone will be on social media going, F you, Sony, you greedy bastards. Well, they already are. Yeah, so. <laughs> whether or not the, yeah, know, so, the information now, is real 50% is a lot. That's why I believe if they if, if they get on to 25%, Marvel, you know, or MCU 30. being happy with that, they'll probably do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they Thanos snapped Sony. <laughs> you will give us 50%. Yeah. My favorite, there was another one, was Rocky Raccoon. It's like, uh, how much for Spider-Man? It's not for sale. And it's like, okay, well, how much for you? <laughs> how much for your company? Yeah. How much for your company? We're going to buy that one. <laughs> All right, uh, non-meme stuff? No, I got one more. All right, fine. Oh. Maybe two. Uh, this one's actually pretty awesome. For all the ladies listening to Geek Nation. All, all my single ladies. Okay. If anyone tells you that you can't be badass and also girly, don't forget to tell them that one of the most beloved Norse goddesses, Freya, was the goddess of beauty, sexuality, and fertility, but she was also the goddess of sorcery, war, and death. Whoa. And she did all this while riding a chariot pulled by cats. Cats? <laughs> yeah. I'm in. It's a tough one because I don't know who's telling women that they can't be badass and then be however they want right. to be. That's what's really frustrating. Are you seeing that, Vic, you know, as a woman that... There's a there, there's a wave out there saying this is how you as a woman should be to be badass. There's a there's a perception like I have a lot of friends who work out and they're very muscular. They do jujitsu or they're personal trainers or martial artists and they have a very athletic muscular physique. They're like, oh, you look like a man. So why, you know, you couldn't ever look feminine. And yet they put on their dresses, their lipsticks and, you know, their heels and they rock it. So I feel like there is this weird perception that if you're girly, you can't be tough. And if you're tough, you can't be girly. So it is there. Um, and I think uh, with everyone just kind of being who they are and just kind of embracing it nowadays, I feel like that's eventually going to wash away. It's so funny to me because there's, you know, as far as men go, every man I know has a particular type of woman that he finds attractive. You know, there's there's someone for everyone kind of attitude. That's what I don't get. Like, as a, as a man, it's like, all right, if I happen to like a particular type of person because of their look, I'm not going to say wipe out everybody else who doesn't look that way because I know that there's somebody else that will like a look that I don't like, which is great. Everybody's yeah, happy. People just want to troll. People just want to hate. And I feel what, like, on the internet? Right? right. And just in general, too. People are miserable sometimes. What, but like, on one the, of the right. One of the, like, and it's not even just about, like, oh, you find me attractive in a, you know, romantic situation. It's also being taken seriously. Because uh, my friend Jamie from Espionage Cosmetics. Oh, I know, she was, Jamie. Yeah, she was telling me that she was at a panel where with a bunch of other badass ladies in the industry. And one and she, one woman, you know, she's very successful. And she dresses how she wants to dress. She dresses very nerdy. Yeah. Very comfortable in however she wants Why to not? do. And one woman's like, somebody commented, it's like, I give you so much props for, you know, doing an adult job, but not being an adult, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like basically not dressing like one. And she's like, can we just stop that? Basically right. answer like, I pay my bills. I'm running a company. I do A, B, and C. I am an adult, but that doesn't mean I have to dress like one. I am successful. So I am successful, you know, I, I dress this way. So hence, this is a how a successful person dresses. Yeah, I would say. You can wear your onesies and you can still party and still I be a, a professional house. person. I yeah. bought a house. I'm an adult. Well, the Pacific Northwest <laughs> is very much like that. And having yeah. been around the rest of the country, it is funny that we get to, you can go into the finest restaurants in Seattle and it doesn't matter how you're dressed because they don't yeah. know if you're a Microsoft millionaire or some other kind of millionaire. They got to treat you with respect. 
And it would be great if everybody around the country can go, all right, let me dress how I want. And you will just assume that I'm a cool person as opposed to making assumptions about how I'm dressed. It, it's, it, it's not a nerdy movie, but if you like the rom-coms, check out Always Be My Maybe on Netflix because there's that whole part. And you've probably seen the trailer where it's like, oh, I'm go- we're at a nice restaurant. I thought you said dress nice. It's like I'm in a tuxedo. It's like, no, you know, now nice restaurants, you dress basically homeless, but the shirt costs you $5,000, a white T-shirt. It's like, that's the joke. That's about it. Nowadays. But I did promise you some other stuff. Thank you. Other stuff. (laughs) I mean, I have more memes. No more memes. No. All right. So we do have a lot of casting information on what's going to be going on, you know, moving forward in the MCU. For example, we have uh, Mershal Ali as Blade, which... Very interesting. It's amazing because somebody did a fan art of him a while back oh, yeah. and looked fantastic. Um, I mean, and- you get you get an Oscar winner. Can you ask any more of that? You no. get an Oscar winner to play a, a character in the superhero universe. No, I mean that is that's the best you can get. And I give uh, props to Wesley Snipes. He was very uh, just very classy about it. Absolutely, like, you know, very cool about it. Um, but we do know, obviously, that Natalie Portman's going to come back to play the Mighty Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm interested in her take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really am interested, because Natalie's a great actor, but she's also been in some movies where the writing's been horrible, and you go, my God, I but, hate this character. And mm-hmm. I'm excited because Thor Ragnarok was done by Taika Waititi. Ooh. This new one is going to be him as well. Oh, really? And she's going to have her in it, the Mighty Thor, and this is called Thor, Love and Thunder. Apparently, there's rumors that Ryan Gosling had a meeting with him. Who's he going to be? Who knows? But apparently, they were spotted there uh, with the director. So there's talks that he might be in Thor 4. James cheating on Fat Thor? (laughs) (laughs) It might Uh, be an interesting sort of thing in the terms of what if he's not doing uh, an acting role, but more of a voice role. That too. And Beta Ray Bill is uh, one that they could be uh, rolling around with. I, I was mean, I was thinking uh, uh, Adam. Oh yeah, Ryan Gosling oh, is a pretty guy. He's yeah. a pretty boy. Ooh, interesting. I think he could be yeah, uh, Adam, Adam Warlock. Yeah, which I mean would be connected because last we saw Thor, he was hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'm sure Thor is going to come out before Guardians of the Galaxy. Three? I thought yeah. three. Well, well, I think yeah, three's still a ways off yeah, because so, James Gunn's still doing the new Suicide Squad, yep, and, and he's uh, got the other obligations. Oh, Apparently, it's also, be a ways off for those. He's uh, he's teasing. He's going to be bringing a character into Suicide Squad, King Shark. <laughs> Which, now, it's, it's, a, it's, a shark, we, it's a shark looking dude. We've like a seen him shark. in Flash. That's King right, Shark is Flash. Been, he's yeah, been yeah, in the, yeah. the and it's a CGI nightmare of a situation that's almost too comical to imagine, but. Uh, we'll see how they pull it off in Suicide. If they make him a little bit more, I mean, it's he's been a serious character, but it's just hard to take him serious because he's Cause like he's a, a shark, shark man. <laughs> um, yeah. So apparently, uh, they're in pre-production as of now. They're going to start filming in September in Atlanta in August of 2021. So a year from now. So we still got a while, so we're going to see the second Suicide Squad. King Shark has not. King Shark is not been confirmed. <laughs> King Shark is a whole different thing. That's a whole King different hero. Shark supervillain has not been uh, confirmed to be involved. However, it was reported that uh, at one point it looked like Michael Rooker might play him. He has since apparently shot it down the rumor. So either he's not going to play King Shark or he's going to play someone else. Or he's just, you know, gonna, gonna play, play and he's uh, just trolling fans well, and, as of now. And here's the thing. Is he play mean, Mary Poppins, maybe? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. One of the things also is, like, with a James Gunn movie, almost always you're going to have Michael Rooker in it in yeah, some somewhere. fashion. Yeah. 
So and apparently he, James Gunn also wanted Dave Bautista to play Peacemaker, but he shot it down. He passed because he was really busy. So John Cena's name got involved for Ooh, Peacemaker. Okay. I'm not Cena. sure who huh. Peacemaker is. Well, you won't be able to see him. Oh, nah. that's a joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And John Cena's actually shown that he can act, and he's got some good chops. Yeah, he yeah. was in the Amy Schumer movie. Yeah, he, yes. was, he was good in that. He's been yeah, in yeah, a yeah. couple random movies. Actually, yeah. he was in the Sea Blockers. Oh, Everyone yeah. had, like, that actually got really well reviewed. So I'm so saying it's more than just it. the WWE Marine movies that he yeah. was in this right. one. <laughs> uh, but apparently for Peacemaker... Uh, his, he first appeared as a backup series in the Char- uh, Charlton Comics espionage team called Fight and Five. Oh, that's Carlton. I, I Carlton. Think it, oh. Yeah, I think it's Carlton Comics. I think that's how we pronounce it. Wow. Uh, um, but I mean, you could be right either. But no, I remember that's yeah. where they, what's the Phantom and all those. those were, oh, was that what that gosh, was? That's yeah. those, that was the comic line that had those books. The Phantom knows. And their printing process was so weird. It wasn't the same as Marvel and DC's. They It almost looked like it was a cheesier way back in the days of Charlton oh, Carlton Comics, really. Weird. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's huh. so... I didn't know he came from those folks. Uh, this is very interesting because I, I was just looking at miscellaneous information on Wikipedia. So take that with a grain of salt. But apparently uh, he has uh, the character is used as the basis for the comedian in the Alan Moore's Watchmen. Oh, huh. so, and this is the Peacemaker was briefly shown in flashbacks and Alex Ross and Mark Wade's comic Kingdom Come as a member of uh, Mad Gog's Justice, Bata- Justice Battalion, along with the rest of uh, Carlton action heroes in them. He's wearing an outfit more re- uh, reminiscent of Boba Fett. He was apparently killed ah. with the other team members when mm. Captain Adam exploded. Kingdom Come is such a good story arc. Such a good story. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the, the, the pictures and stuff. I mean, I could totally see John Cena do this. All right. So we'll Wait, see. Actually, what... can you though? Mm. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so we'll see. Funny. We'll see what we get for uh, Suicide Squad, as well as uh, what ends up happening in the Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to? Go! Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.